as you know, this is the measure of an episode, where it is our continuing mission to explore what makes Star Trek proper Star Trek and not just Chicago Hope in space. I'm Jonathan. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm Dr. Paul. And <laughs> Dr. Pollock's. <laughs> And the criteria by which we judge these episodes, number one, is there science fiction in the plot? Number two, is the science fiction novel in some way or unique, novel or unique in some way? Number three, is there a moral or ethical dilemma presented uh, to the characters? And I'm Paul. And I'm Jonathan. And this week we lied to you. Uh, We were going to watch a TNG episode, uh, but we couldn't remember which episode we were watching. So we pulled up the random generator again and it gave us Deep Space Nine life support season or season episode 13 season three yep that's right yep Yep. episode 13 season three and the blurb states when a serious accident nearly destroys a bajoran transport arriving at the space station vedic barail is critically injured now what's nice is not only is that really the main problem in the episode well i guess there's the uh, the treaty. That's the cold. That's the cold open. That is the cold open, it? right? Yeah. I was going to say, but that is like a major part of what happens in the episode. So you know, I'm willing to give them a pass. But that absolutely is the uh, just the cold open because there's nothing in there about the the, dis, um, the the treaty and the negotiations. Well, the core of the episode is about you know it's sort of what's the name of that Greek ship where when is the ship still the ship if you've replaced all of its parts type of thing? Yeah, there's a name for that. What the hell is the name? You know, when is a man still a man? Right. Right. Uh, but uh, just to go back for a second, it would be very funny if you watched one Deep Space Nine episode and I watched another Deep Space Nine episode and we started reviewing it. At what point would we realize that we had both watched different episodes? I would think we would get farther than we, you would imagine that we would. <laughs> See, and I think we would stop with the blurb. Well, let's assume that we got past <laughs> the blurb. Because you could have read that and if I didn't have it in front of me, I would be like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like, so – Plausibly, like how, how far could we get in the plot before I was like, well, I don't remember Kira doing that, but maybe I missed something. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I feel like they'd have to have some kind of similar start, you know, like if I was watching the one where Cisco was just taking a stroll on the promenade and you watched one where they were like right in the middle of uh, a battle with the Dominion on the Defiant, like I, I feel like we'd pick it up pretty quick. See, what, what happened to me is I would... I would think, oh, I must have not been paying attention in that scene. And this, like the things that you were talking about was like, oh, I must have missed that. Right. That Because that's happened before in when I know we've watched the same episode. Well, right. And I think, I think for, for us to get really far, we would have to um, not say where things are happening. We would just have to say, you know, so this, this moment happened, you know, and then like, uh, because there are episodes where, that we do where we're jumping around all over the place. And so, you know, you'd be like, okay, maybe I missed that part. But like, if I said the episode starts off with Cisco on the promenade, you're like, it it did. Yeah. I would still be like, well, I'll take your word for it. (laughs) You know, Star Trek better than I. (laughs) Uh, The thing is we could never test this. Well, maybe it'll happen. It almost happened. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it it did. That's why we switched. Um, But uh, Theseus, by the way. Theseus, yeah, exactly. So that's kind of the theme of this episode. In yes. fact, that's that's the ethical – that's criteria number three checked off. I oh, think. yeah. Yeah, very much so. And because the, the theme is, okay, at what point is he no longer this main character, Vedic? Is that his name? Burial. Because they keep Vedic taking – Yeah. yeah. And so they keep taking parts of him out and they're saying, well, uh, he's going to start – stop being him here in a minute. 
you know, if we keep doing this. Right. And that's kind of the theme that I'm getting from this. Well, and it was it was actually supposed to be much more prevalent through the episode. Like he was he was going to lose portions of himself through the episode and not be stuck in the um, the operating room. Like he would be able to go to the negotiations and he would just be less and less himself. Right. So I guess the plot line is uh, this guy is a negotiator. He is injured in a, in a ship. And the Kai really needs him to do these negotiations, these peace talks with the Cardassians. And she, uh, he is injured and he can no longer – like he's, he's dead and that he's alive. He's the only person that the Cardassians like. And the idea – I think the idea would have been so much better to piggyback off what you were saying is if he kept maybe degrading as a human in the sense – or maybe de-aging. Like he kept his, – his mind kept getting more simple and simple and simple mm. to the point where he was like a five-year-old. Right. But he still had sort of the nugget of like what can we glean from what he's saying as a five-year-old to fix whatever problem with these peace talks, which eventually gets fixed anyway. Right. And I don't know. That would have been more interesting expression of what they're trying to do. But I don't know. I guess they didn't do that because they needed to do this this misogynistic Nog Jake plot. Yeah. So, the, right. I mean, we're we're kind of <laughs> we're jumping ahead. We're, we're jumping totally ahead. skimming everything. Right. Um. The, I I liked everything about this episode. I didn't like the episode, and I think like this the sum of its parts just didn't work for me. And so you know, I I still I still would recommend it to people watching um but i just the the two plots were so thematically different uh that i just i felt like i felt like it wasn't it wasn't cut together well like i thought the jake and nog story was fine and i thought that the the Boral story was good but just like putting the two of them together it just did not work for me it felt weird yeah, yeah it felt like one was trying to counterbalance the severity of one of the other right and it, it just f- didn't feel right it yeah it was like, like watermelon and mustard yeah. Mm, yeah. It's a new TikTok challenge. So if you if you haven't tried it, you should. Well, and the, the kicker is you have to put it on your genitals. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing. Neither of those things are gonna do anything to your genitals. Mustard might. Mustard's got vinegar in it, man. You know? Yeah, but unless you've got open sores, like you should be fine. So you just do this and you're like, uh now what? Okay, I want you to go dump some vinegar on your genitals and tell me if uh, – I guess that's how they – that's actually how they look for genital warts, I think. They dump some acetic acid on your uh, – should we do that as a, on the podcast together? <laughs> we'll do it on the Patreon. <laughs> Good call. Good call. That's something Only that's- those who support us get to watch us pour vinegar on our junk. Exactly. Um, yeah, well, this whole episode to me felt like a a soap opera. For down to the way it looked, to the way it was shot, to the oh, hamminess yeah. of the music, right? Uh, it just kind of felt very. On the dialogue, we're going to shoot this. Yeah, yeah we're going to yeah. shoot this in a day. You know. Yeah. Um, but let's let's go through the plot. So it starts with a beauty shot of the promenade, which is the action scene of this episode, and it's kind of this nice little crane shot where it goes from this yeah no no go for it it goes with the crane shot you're getting there crane shot when it goes from the top level to the bottom level and we we see jake and jake has this supremely unrealistic conversation with a girl whose name i do not remember uh lark Voorhees is her name and you may better remember her as lisa turtle from saved by the bell oh not related to jason Voorhees. i'm guessing i don't know i didn't look at her family history yeah I mean, I'm gonna say I, yes. 
<laughs> it's just easier. Let's just let's just yeah. go with that. That she is the the uh, oh, what lake? Um, whatever. The Voorhees Lake. Yeah. <laughs> no, oh, this is gonna bug me. This is gonna bug me. What is the lake? Placid. Uh, no, I know. I'm thinking of Lake Placid, but that's the one with the crocodiles. And like, I keep thinking Lake Pleasant, and that's the one in Arizona. Oh man. Whatever descendants of Jason Voorhees are snapping a pencil right now. It says Jason Lake Pleasant. That can't be right. No. Yeah, it might be. Might be Lake Pleasant. You are. This is the wrong. You're Crystal asking. Lake. There we go. Yeah. Jason Lake. You heard in high school. Why did that well. even come up? <laughs> anyway, having a uh, <laughs> having a relation to a mass murderer. She. Li- <laughs> They're having this totally unrealistic conversation where – I mean did, did, did conversations go like this for you in high school? Uh, where the girl asked me out? Oh, man. I can't tell you the number. Wait. Yes, I can. Zero. Not only asking him out but like begging to go out with him. It's like, oh, and Jake's playing it great though, right? Like, oh, yeah. Props to, to, to Jake <laughs> Yeah. because he's like playing it off. He's like, well, I kind of got something to do. She's like, oh, are you going to cancel? It's like, no, not going to cancel. I might cancel if I feel like it, <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, I mean, but that's the other, like totally as a guy, he he would not have picked up on that. She's like, well, are you going to cancel? He'd be like, no, why would I cancel? Like I'm hanging out with my yeah, best friend. Yeah, that's mean. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> I'm not a jerk. Apparently <laughs> you are. But hey, I'll see you later. Also, I don't murder people, nor is anyone <laughs> in my family. Just saying, just saying. <laughs> So they have that conversation, and that is, of course, a seed to uh, – which was verbatim, by the way. And then there's the, the emergency on the ship, and that's when we see – that's where the blurb ends is at the end of this. Yep. And Oh, oh, oh. But I got to say, so she walked away, and then security came running out. I actually thought that she was going to be like the um, the object in the episode that they were trying – like she – turns out that she was either a shapeshifter or – a mass murderer like her brother um but because she she walked away and then the security came out and cha- ran off in the direction she went and so i expected them to you know say like to jake are you okay like where did she go <laughs> that would have been cool <laughs> i would like that better did you see a young girl who seems a little, little overconfident and maybe <laughs> asking <Right>. men out <laughs> asking guys how they're twice her size like that was the other <laughs> thing too the camera going over his shoulder like <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's funny so they run up to the ship they run up to the ship the guy is injured and i feel like this is kira's boyfriend who has been terribly injured it and is i feel like they change him every time it might be the same character it just it seems is. like the the hot bajoran guy short hair strong jawline ridges on his nose yeah, yeah. earring <laughs> But one earring, like yeah. a cool earring. How how dangly is that earring? How how many inches does he have on that earring? Well, it's an extension of the Bajoran nuts. Right. And so oh. the more dangly – and that's that's very attractive to Bajoran women is the more dangly the nuts, the better. It's a fertility sign. Right. Of course. Of course. The ears, man. <laughs> ears and fertility in Star Trek. What is it? It is very strange. Um, okay. So they have this problem where Which Bashir – Which I just like, for a future comment like coming up in this episode. Wait, what? Just keep going. Keep going. When okay. we get to another Jake and Nog moment, I got to talk about what Nog said. Oh, I know. Where, where once again, a Ferengi starts jerking off in front of somebody else. And, and Okay, anyway. So it, it turns out that this guy, Vedic, died. The Vedic dies. And then Bashir brings him back to life. And uh, they, Bashir basically tells him, look, 
uh, your, your organs are going to shut down uh, because of what I had to do to you to bring you back to life. And uh, you're going to become a zombie and you know, might kill everybody. So we have to give you this medication or we have to put you back in stasis. And he's like, well, I, I need to finish this. The Kai needs me. The, the Bajoran race needs me. And so do what you have to do. You know, he sort of is going to martyr himself or at least put him in the, in, into danger. Right. And so that's sort of what is the kickoff to the whole thematic stuff of this episode. And uh, it's kind of comes to light that, well, first of all, Kai was like, why, you know, the, why was he injured and not me? It could have been sabotaged. We don't know. That goes away. I thought it was going to be like a sabotage type of episode. It right. It wasn't. So anyway, it just feels very saccharine, you know, like you might die. If you do this and he's like, no, I, I must live for mm-hmm. the sake. And it's just, I, the music is Let's very overly people, right? mawkish yeah. and overly sentimental with like oboe solos. <laughs> right. I was just like, Oh God, what is like, what is it? And then it cuts from that to the date with Nog. Mm-hmm. Well, not yet, is, not yet, not yet. Remember Jake is talking to Nog about his date and Nog says, you know, so hook me up and all that kind of thing. And, oh, and he's a dude, bro. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But, Nog is a total dude, bro. And and then he says, like, going back to your comment, I may even wash my ears. Like, what guy when they're going on a date? Like, I may even wash my nuts. Like, <laughs> well, it would be a nice thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, first off, it's that should be a daily habit. And second off, based on that comment, that's very presumptuous of how the date's going to go. Well, we'll we'll learn why. He thinks that, you know, he thinks it's a sure thing because he's a dude, bro. But my question is, did he want to wash his ears because it's like for him so he can look good? Or is he washing them because someone might be doing something to them later? Oh, I think that's absolutely what it is based on based on how the date goes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) This is actually turning out to be a much more interesting uh, plot line than the whole Vedic plot line to me. (laughs) In retrospect. I kind of wish they were they they leaned into this whole thing a little bit more. But anyway, yeah. So what we glean from this scene, Nog is a dude bro and wants to catch some skirts. Right. Chase some skirt. You're you're a skirt chaser. Yeah. Is that what you are? Yeah. 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 It's it's all a bit on the. Okay. So anyway, Bashir gives the drug to the guy. His organs are shutting down. He replaces them with new organs, and he's still kind of sick and. That's happening, and Bashir confronts the Kai and says, look, I know why you're doing this. You're doing this because you can't finish this peace talk without this guy. And even if, if this peace talk goes badly or goes badly or anything, you don't have a, an a, a escape man. What is it? <laughs> well, it's escape goat, but um, – escape, escape man. Well, but originally you know, he, he said, like, uh, I understand that he, he knows how to do all this stuff, but – you need to tell him that you don't. And through this conversation, that's where he picks up that she she needs somebody as her fall guy if it doesn't go well. And for for me personally, like I was actually kind of surprised, given that it was Kai Wynn, that they didn't have any more suspicion that she did sabotage and make sure that he was going to die. Because, you know, like they, they even said at the beginning, it uh Cisco said, like, I'm surprised that you are helping the Boral, helping Boral with, with these negotiations. Like you didn't seem to want this kind of peace with Cardassia at all. And so it made sense to me that she was, that she would try to kill him. Um, yeah. Like, and so, so I was surprised that they didn't go do anything more with that either. 
I mean, in every episode that we've watched so far that she's been in, she has not been a good person. Right. It seems as though she's operating under her to, to what makes her look the best or for her own purposes and not for the betterment of Bajorans. That's at least that's my impression of her at this point. For watching this out of order, I'm glad that you picked up on that so well. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that's the point of her character. It mm. must be at this point. Um, but anyway, yeah. So that's what's happening with Bashir. And I I think everybody's on Bashir's uh, side at this point. Nobody ever makes the makes the argument that he should die. He's doing the right thing. Yes, right. it's sad he's going to die, but he the, there are figures like this throughout history who choose for death if it means that much like Spock, the greater of the many outweigh the 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 better of the few. <laughs> better of the many outweigh the better of the few. We'll we'll clean it up in post. Okay, sounds good. I, nobody came to that to that argument. She made that argument, but she was already she's already kind of a bad person right. in everybody's eyes, and so she's not the person for that. Someone needs to like Cisco or somebody says, "I understand why he says that." That didn't really happen. So that's yeah. kind of what we look for in our ethical dilemmas: that there is an argument on both sides that is plausible and understandable. Right. Right. And then we have the date with Dudebro Nog and Jake. And it's pretty on the nose, I have to say. I wish I wished that Nog's behavior was a little bit more understated with that. That he was more dismissive and not just so outwardly slave <laughs> like oh women are slaves and they have to go do these things because I said so. Like, okay, yeah. So he just kind of ignored her rather than actually belittled and condescended her. No, I mean there's in, there's somewhere in between those two things. I okay. think that he was he was outwardly like almost like he hates women, like he was misogynistic. Right, right. And and I would I would have preferred it that it was just a little bit less. You know, I know what you're trying to say. Let's bring it down a notch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's make it a little bit more subtextual. Um, but I will say that if a female heard any alien female who wasn't a Ferengi. Uh, heard of a blind date they were being set up on with a Ferengi. I can't imagine that date ever happening. Right. If this is truly the culture of Ferengi and the Ferengi women consent this type of treatment, that they're okay with it, I don't know why they would, but it is possible that, you know, I mean, that's the whole point of this plot line is that, hey, you know, and that's, that's the conversation that Jake and Nog later have is that, hey, we're different, you and me. We have different cultures and regardless of whether you think my culture is bad, we're never going to get along in this. So let's just avoid those, <laughs> those mismatches and be friends. And I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> I don't, I don't, because you could say that a culture that chooses to belittle and repress women, that just because it's in their culture doesn't make it right. Right. And I don't know if that was the point of this, Plotline, if they were, that's what they were trying to say. Oh, no, I would disagree. <laughs> I would not say that's Are, what they were trying to say. What were they trying to say then? I, I don't know, but I don't think that that was the message that they were trying to convey because otherwise Nog would have had a realization that, like, yes, his, his culture was condescending and misogynistic. Um, and he didn't, you know, like he, he even said, like, there was even more that I wanted to do that I didn't do because I was trying not to upset you. Um, yeah, I guess they make that point where Nog says, "Look, I was going to start pissing on her, right. but I didn't because I felt like it, that would was not be appropriate for you." Yeah, but it it doesn't have that resolution. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, yeah. it doesn't come down. But th- which is what we want, right? By the way, 
I feel like if they had come down and Nog saying, you know, you're right, my culture is crap. Right. You know, thank you for bringing this. That that would not have been satisfying for either of us. No. So, right. So I feel like maybe they were doing the right thing in this plot line by saying, hey, there are cultures who do this and it's part of their culture, but that doesn't mean it makes it right. But, uh, can we still be friends? <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know what the end goal is of this plot line. But what they didn't have was they didn't have the Ferengi woman's perspective. Yeah, there wasn't a Ferengi woman that Jake went to, you know, <laughs> to talk to, to say, "Is this okay with you?" Right. Do you want this? Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I think part of the reason is because Ferengi women are nude, and so those episodes always have to be very strategically filmed. Um, right. That actually would have been. Very cool to see this early on, like an actual explanation of why the females were okay with it and they didn't feel oppressed. So actually come and come down on the side of, yeah, we want this. This is we like this. Well, yeah, I mean, not necessarily that they wanted or they like it, but, you know, they 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 have ex- like, no, not they have accepted it. Like, that's not any better. Um, just just an explanation. Is, I mean, yeah, I guess why why they are okay with it. Like they. They provide an explanation that is not Ferengi are, you know, the Ferengi culture is misogynistic and just horrible people in general. There's nothing redeeming about them. Because that does come around eventually where the females do stand up for themselves. Right. I feel like it would have been more interesting if it was something that humans could just not get over and could not let go. That they were always looking to find that the women were in somehow oppressed. And in fact, they weren't. This, this actually truly is part of their physiology, their biology, that they are, that the way that their culture has, has come to be is fine with them, truly fine. And they don't do that. They use it as sort of a, a mouthpiece for, for social and cultural things right. to bring it out. And, but it would have been interesting if the humans could just could not let it go. And mm-hmm. yet, and yet it was, it was fine to begin with. Right. But also if they couldn't let it go, then Jake, I think would have had a really hard time staying friends with Nog. And ultimately that was the, the point of the conflict was for them to have a rift in their friendship and then reconcile. Boy, they get over that pretty quick too, don't they? (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, they're also teenagers. Like that, that conversation could have gone, dude, dude, dude. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. That's true. But see, it would have been so much better if, if Nog had not been so inflammatorily dude, bro, a hole. Right. 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 Yeah, you're right. Like if well, and also if he hadn't been so upset with Jake either. Like it would have been good if he if he had been mean to the girls and then been completely bewildered as to like why the date went wrong. Yes. Yeah, but they didn't do that. Nope, but they did because because <laughs> they had to cut back and forth to making to making this Vedic guy into a Borg. Yeah, you know? as the as the space station turns. So it turns out. So it turns out that he's going to die because. All the things they did to him made him unstable. And, and it comes down to Bashir saying, or Kira asking Bashir, can't you replace the other side of his brain? <laughs> and it turns into such a, a laughable thing. It's like, do you not know how, like, oh, you don't know that this, this is how it works, right? You take out somebody's brain, you put in an electronic one. It's not like just because they look like them that they're going to be the same person. Right. And I just, that was the premise I didn't understand is that they were, it seemed like a 10-year-old's version of, medical jargon it's like oh we took out half his brain and put in a new one and that's why it works now 
Okay, and then we're going to fight with lasers. And, and I didn't I, – I felt like the idea of like, well, can't you do the rest? Can't you take out the other side of the brain? And there wasn't sort of a – Bashir wasn't angry about this. Right. I, I, don't know, I wanted him to be super angry, not just sad and, and gloomy. It's like, we told you this is going to happen. Why are you sad? Right. We right. told you he could possibly, possibly die. So the fact that you're sad now, uh, you know, I, I have no sympathy for you. I told you this is going to happen. And by the way, no, we can't just take out his brain and put in a new one. So what I took that as to be was not actually like I didn't think he had half a computer brain. I th- what I took it as is kind of like a pacemaker. Like he had things in his brain that was a- that were allowing the synapses to continue to fire, but because it's artificial, he was losing that level of that level, you know, his his soul, that level of emotion. See, what you just said did not take any longer than their explanation in the show, but was way more specific right. and less 10-year-old. Right. So that I would have been happy with that. <laughs> but they said they said something to the tune of we took out half his brain. Yes. And put in and put in a computer brain. Yes. And Kira said, Can't you do the same with the second half? <laughs> and Bashir's like he was he was not like looking around for a candid camera, right? He was like, No, we can't are you? Is this hello? Is where's the microphone? Where's the right. microphone? That's not a thing. Yeah. Okay, so when you were in <laughs> Bajoran Academy, did you take biology? Of the basic Did you kind. go to school? <laughs> right. How do you think the body works? <laughs> no, Kira, his brain is not in his penis. I don't care what he told you. Right. That is not the best way to communicate with him. Well, I take that back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was just, it felt, it kind of took me out of it. It's like, this is not a good science fiction. Right. Wrap up, placeholder, or wrap up, or whatever. However, yeah. you want to kill him. Um, and I, I guess, and that's the end of the, you know, that's the end of the show. Uh, I will say though that once again, Dax is very inappropriate in her touchy feely stuff with Bashir because she's touchy feely and inappropriate with someone who she's not into but knows is into her. Yep. Well, and I genuinely forgot until you said her name right now that she was in the episode, and I right. I almost forgot that Cisco was in the episode until I brought him up at the beginning. Um. <laughs> So in the beginning of the episode where he sits down with Kai and he brings her some tea and his baseball is like frame center. And it looked like he had served her his baseball. As a <laughs> I thought you might enjoy this. <laughs> Batter up. <laughs> um, so I wonder how this episode compares to the season two finale of, of TNG where they had kind of a similar like brain thing uh like i wonder how the techno jargon works uh compares between the two well the trick is to balance the techno babble just terminology that means nothing and the i guess the the idea of what's happening right something they did not balance in this at all like it was unclear what was happening i mean they did they did a little bit of that with like the radiation and the way that they brought him back but they got lazy i guess it felt like by the end of the episode, they just needed him to die, and they needed him to die in a way that was compatible with the plot. Right. Well, but, and I, I love also that this episode takes place uh, presumably over a couple days. I mean, it could also be a couple hours, but I, I have to believe it's a couple days given, like, Nog's, Nog's and Jake's experience and, like, how long that took and all that kind of thing. Um, oh, yeah, Cisco also had, a, like, a conversation with Jake. I forgot about that, too. Uh, Bashir's organ surgery. <laughs> you know, so he comes out and he's like, so we've we've replaced your organs with you know the computer the the artificial ones like I love that in the future that's how it's done 
You know, like it's basically outpatient surgery to replace organs. I liked that procedural stuff. I felt like that was approaching maybe the first criteria, the science fiction criteria. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, yeah. They're kind of doing some fun stuff here. Where is this going to go? How is this going to express itself down the road? And I felt like it failed in that regard. So I think I think maintaining a person and replacing half of their brain, even though the science aspect of it was very weak and, you know, kind of like how you said, like it's kind of described by a five-year-old, we replaced half his brain and that's the end of it. Like I would have liked more explanation, but the fact that that's how he was kept alive for me was, was sci-fi to the point that it does satisfy the first and second criteria. So we have this battle a lot where is the science fiction somehow a stand in for something that could happen in real life just right. replaced with science fiction words mm -hmm. and this is approaching that for me and because you could say oh we gave him a heart transplant and we gave him these drugs and it could easily be as you said a chicago hope episode right or more like what's it called general hospital general yeah. all my hospitals <laughs> as the hospital turns yeah <laughs> so uh i don't see i just i feel like it was so perfunctorily done right in terms of exploring the science fiction there that it's not just oh they had they said brain transplant so we're like up oh, science fiction we don't have that today it's more it wasn't an exploration they just said it so they could have him be dead then alive then dying then dying and then dead again and so I don't like I mean I, I guess at a certain point it's a judgment call that we have to make right so I don't know I mean it just it just felt so weak to me that it's almost not science fiction I mean it does it does take care of the ethical stuff that was firmly there right right so yeah so just the question is you know criteria one and two well okay so regardless of whether or not there was sci-fi because like we we have established the sci-fi is there it's just we're going to discuss whether or not like it's actual sci-fi or is it magic with sci-fi terms um but is it is it a novel and unique presentation because you know this is kind of frankenstein to a certain extent yeah i mean it's i guess it's not really that novel we've seen many episodes of some sort of medical problem happening. It happens all the time in TNG. Well, right. The the way I'm I'm kind of evaluating criteria two is is it is it subverting or avoiding tropes and cliches in its sci-fi presentation or conflict? I guess I'm not sure on this one. Like because it's it's such a standard story. You know, like he he did come back to life uh on his own which was kind of cool and then they did do that sci-fi thing to like bring him back to life initially and i've yeah you know what uh, for me I, and you know i i guess we'll have to debate this if you if you don't agree but that part because that that part is is the crux of the episode like if he died on the table at that point they wouldn't have any they wouldn't have an episode and she wouldn't know what to do it'd be a completely different episode but they did have enough sci-fi explanation in that moment and it was for me um unique enough that I would, I would justify that, that moment alone qualifying criteria one and two. So the second criteria of a, is it novel or unique? I like the idea of the Theseus's ship, Theseus ship of Theseus, right? Is Theseus a guy or a place or is it just the name of the ship? It's a dude. The, I, that I've never seen that in the context of science fiction where they're doing it with a person. Um, at least not yet. Uh, so that to me is kind of novel. I guess the Borg is kind of that, but they didn't explore it. They just said, "Hand me the the hypo spanner." 
and you know we can get it in there and it's clear you know just because they're not providing enough of an explanation with everything that's happening it wasn't an exploration right it didn't suck me in it didn't it didn't tickle my uh my science fiction balls okay or your earlobes my earlobes yeah should have said that damn it <laughs> you can do it again no nope. purists on this episode on this episode on this podcast but we've been known you know to have dissent before yeah but not on like that that's the whole point of the criteria is that it's objective you know it's it is binary like whether or not we like the episode is completely you know our own thing but there was nothing in this episode that i didn't like but i didn't like the episode right yeah but yeah like i'm just i'm just kind of sitting on this criteria one criteria two thing so do you feel that the theseus ship analogy um was prevalent enough in this episode that you would qualify criteria two as being as being there as yes yeah okay so so it's just a matter of criteria one like whether or not the sci-fi is even there yeah and we do say it has to be intrinsic to the plot right that it's not just somebody beamed in in the background it's like oh there it is right it's not that i guess the fact that they saved him by him being dead and he was in a stasis field and th- there's a certain element of science fiction there that that is required because he needed to be alive <laughs> for the plot to happen. Although it is funny that they keep talking to a dead corpse. You know, uh-huh. like he's actually dead, and Bashir's just like, "Guys, he's dead. You can't. He's not going to be able to do anything." <laughs> right. Oh, sorry. If you could really help us. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I, I guess that's important. It just at this point it feels like. We're cutting off our nose despite our face in terms of our criteria that I, I didn't really like this episode either. I didn't feel like I would ever want to watch it again. Right. Nothing really happens that's interesting in terms of science fiction. It's like, yes, they're wearing they're, – they're using plastic flashlights and wearing funny hats. They're wearing like Oompa Loompa hats. Right, right. But it's never something and no face masks, that, by the way. And yeah. Well, they don't need them. It's the future. Right. Maybe that's a science that fiction. Hair, but you know, breathing in, breathing in whatever's happening around you is fine. I like that. That's just a rule that Bashir imposes on his operating room. Like <laughs> everybody else, just wears regular clothing. Yeah. So while while I'm thinking about this, just a little side note that uh, that somebody pointed out recently. I, I don't think it was you, but it might have been. Um, how open all of the medical quarters and and areas are. That, you know, like if you're getting a uh, prostate exam, you better hope that it's a slow time on the promenade. Yeah. I, I get the impression, though, that things materialize as you need them, that they that that's why there's so much room. Mm-hmm. Oh, so like if you needed a, a private, like a, a more secluded chamber, they would bring those things out for you. I guess so. Yeah. I like the idea that I would think that medical technology would be just as advanced as their spacefaring technology. Mm hmm. That that we're only seeing the tip of the iceberg when it comes to what they can do medically, and the idea of what would a a futuristic operating room or just a, a medical bay, a sick bay, what would it look like, and how what kind of cool stuff could it do? Right. And and the idea that it's empty kind of illustrates the potential there. I don't know for me in my brain. You know? Uh huh. Uh huh. Um. Okay. So there's two points: one where they bring him back to life, and two where they replace half his brain. That are definitely sci-fi, sci-fi aspects. That's not anything that we can do in the real world. They didn't really provide any explanation for how they did it. They just said that they did it, um, or like they they gave him like you know twenty cc's of cosepin or something like that to try and get his 
his brain firing on its own again, and that's how he woke up. You know, but they didn't they didn't say anything to provide the analogy. You know, like the Kozapum acted as um, like jumper cables. You know, for that one synapse, we were able to spread it through the rest of your brain, which actually got everything firing again, and we were able to bring you back to life. Um, or the other thing that I said about like replacing half your brain, kind of like how we replace a, a an aorta with a pacemaker. You know, like we are artificially allowing your synapses to fire so your brain is still working but it, it can't do but it so on you're doing you're doing a lot of work for them well we're, that's what i'm saying they didn't do these things you know i i know that i did the heavy lifting but if they had provided any of those things i think that we could provide a much stronger argument for it being a sci-fi episode if they had explained how they managed to get all of his you know his brain synapses charging firing at the beginning rather than saying just give him this drug and it works and talking about how they replace his brain to, to help, you know, they put in the artificial synapse firer, kind of like how a pacemaker worked, providing some kind of explanation along those lines, I feel would have had it fall into the, yes, it is a proper Star Trek episode. But without those, it's it, it's basically Spock's brain. Like, they just, they do it with magic, and they just pretend it's sci-fi. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was not, it was not a carefully written episode right yeah yep and it's it's either all or it's nothing so since it's not all it's nothing by the way so jake concocts this plan with odo saying i want you to arrest us both (laughs) under these false claims and so odo does this which seems way out of character for odo right by the way yeah and but but he does it anyway probably because he's bored right right and he puts them in there and then you get the impression that they're just sitting in there for a while. So Jake gets what he wants and then just doesn't do anything for an extended period of time. I expected when, when Nog was first put into the cell that Jake would be like, well, I think we should talk, not wait for Nog to figure out that this is all a ruse. And oh, then Jake said, right, right, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I mean, it might've been that he had that plan. Cause I'm sure you've done that sort of thing. You had the plan. And then when it actually comes up, you're like, ah, so it sucks we're in here. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Right. Why would he put us in here? Man. <laughs> Let us out. <laughs> oh, I know why Odo did it. I know why Odo did it. So we could leave them in there all night. That's why. <laughs> you want me to arrest you? This is what this is, right? He wanted to mess around a little bit. Right, right. All right. So we're no, 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 no. No, yes? no, no, no. Yep, yep. So let's see what we're watching next. Okie dokie. Star Trek, The Next Generation, Season 5, Episode 9, a ma- Season 5, Episode 9, A Matter of Time. That rhymed. Are there, that any, rhymed. Are there any Tepalapic characters in it? Or and Tepalapic? <laughs> Both, actually. Nide. Reaching Penthara 4. After an asteroid wreaks havoc of catastrophic proportions, the Enterprise crew deals with trying to save the planet. That's right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I have nothing to say about that. <laughs> right. Yep. Sounds like it's got a ticking clock. I wonder what the B plot is. Probably nothing. It's going to be nothing. Nothing. Okay. Good thing that's not part of my criteria then. <laughs> All right. Let's go watch it. Okay. Um, do we want to say anything about next week? No. I think we should spring it on people. All right. Well, listeners, tune in for a surprise next week. I've been Paul. I've been Jonathan. And this, and this has, has been, been The Measure of an Episode. Oh, you didn't say it with me?